0: Abide with me, crown him with many crowns, hark the herald angels sing. Have you ever wondered why our beloved hymns were written? The Issues Etc. Book of the Month for February is Eternal Anthems, the story behind your favorite hymns, Volume 2. Learn more at issuesetc.org or by calling Concordia Publishing House 1-800-325-3040. This new resource includes background on 50 hymns, Eternal Anthems, the story behind your favorite hymns, Volume 2. We suffer from this age of safetyism. We are caught up in a culture that idolizes being safe at all costs, and and with that comes a selfishness. The left has essentially declared that only a wanted child is an o' dei child. Only a wanted
1: child is a child that's made in the image of God. And, and if you're not desired, then you don't have any intrinsic value.
0: And to say that whatever the major total obstacle is that they're facing, whatever hardship To say that God has nothing to do with it then sets sin or this fallen world as though it were its own God. It's absolutely true that the Bible norms the church's creeds, but these summaries of faith tell us precisely what the church believes the Bible
1: is saying. Amateur home improvers in Italy, love issues, etc.
0: well we've talked about jesus crucifixion and his death and his burial it doesn't stop there of course because inevitably when the son of god lays down his life of his own accord at his father's commandment he will take it up again death cannot hold him so it's time to talk about his resurrection as well greetings and welcome to issues etc coming to you live from the studios of lutheran public radio in collinsville illinois i'm todd wilkin Thanks for tuning us in. We'll be teaching a Sunday school lesson in Matthew 28, The Resurrection of Jesus, with Pastor Tom Baker of Law and Gospel. Dr. Stephen Parks joins us for our series Responding to Roman Catholic Proof Text. We'll answer the question, did St. Augustine teach that the Roman Catholic Church had the authority to determine the canon of Scripture? And then we'll be spending some time with Pastor Peter Bender, looking forward to Sunday morning, according to the one-year lectionary. Pastor Tom Baker is host of a radio show called Law and Gospel for almost 30 years. He met monthly to prepare his Sunday school teachers for the classroom. Tom, welcome back. Uh, Thank you. Why did the women go to the tomb on that Sabbath morning so early?
1: They went to the tomb in order to anoint Jesus. They would therefore put anointment on him, on his dead body, they expected. And it's kind of interesting. There is a gospel called the Gospel of Peter. Now, that's not part of the Bible, but it has some interesting things there. It says that Mary went with her friends to the tomb where Jesus was laid, and they were really afraid of the Jews, and were wondering, who will roll the stone away for us that is against the door of the tomb? that we may perform our obligation and that would be of anointing jesus but they even it says in this gospel of peter they feared lest someone would see us and if they cannot roll the stone away they were going to leave the spices at the door of the tomb in remembrance of jesus and then they were going to go away and weep so we get the idea that they were unable to do the burial of Jesus properly on the day of the crucifixion. That was something that Nicodemus and Joseph of Arimathea went to Pontius Pilate requesting the body, but they were putting their life in danger because nobody among the unbelieving Pharisees wanted anybody to stand up for Jesus or to speak on his behalf. So it's understandable that the women were unable to anoint Jesus on Good Friday. They couldn't do it on Saturday because that was the day of rest, and that's why they had come on Sunday morning.
0: How does Matthew describe Jesus' resurrection?
1: Matthew, and this is chapter 28, 1 to 10, he indicates that The women went to the tomb and there had been a great earthquake and says that an angel of the Lord descended from heaven and rolled back the stone that was placed over the tomb and he sat on it. And his appearance, it says in verse three, was like lightning and his clothes were white as snow. This caused the guards who were there to look after the tomb, it caused them great fear. And it says they became like dead men. But the angel was still there when the women got there. And he says, do not be afraid. I know that you are looking for Jesus And then the next phrase is interesting. He says, who was crucified. Now, that actually is the translation from each translation I looked at, but it's not correct. He doesn't use a past tense. He uses a present tense. He says, you are looking for Jesus of Nazareth, who is the crucified one. He is not here for he has been raised and tells him to see the place where he lay. Now, I try and explain that on my radio show. Uh, I make this up. I'm walking down the street with my father and a friend who knows me but doesn't know my father says, hi, Tom, how you doing? I said, fine. Who's that with you? And I say, he was my father. Well, after he leaves, my dad's gonna ask me, why did you say he was my father? I am your father. And of course, that is absolutely true. Jesus is our crucified one. And that's important to remember because it shows that he sympathizes with us, as the book of Hebrews said, because he went through the same kind of depression that we often go through. In fact, he sweated as a drops of blood in the Garden of Gethsemane prior to the crucifixion. So the women go to the place where he had been laying and the angel says, he has been raised from the dead and he is indeed going ahead of you to Galilee. There you will see him. And then what happens after that is the women are very afraid and they go quickly with fear and they go, according to Matthew in verse 8, they run to tell the disciples. On the way there, Jesus meets them and says, greetings. They come to him take hold of his feet, and worship him. Then Jesus said, do not be afraid. Go and tell my brothers to go to Galilee. There they will see me. And yet when they tell the disciples about what they had seen, according to the gospel of Luke chapter 24, It says, verse 11, these words seemed to the disciples as an idle tale, and they did not believe them, because the witness of women was not considered to be credible. And that's how Matthew describes the resurrection.
0: Both the angel and Jesus say that he's going before the disciples to Galilee. What does that mean?
1: Well, he had told them that ahead of time, that he would be raised from the dead and he would again see them in Galilee. And so when the angel says, go tell his disciples and Peter that he is going ahead of you to Galilee, there you will see him just as he told you. Now that's in Mark chapter 16, verse seven. And so the angel is doing what every messenger should be doing about the Bible. He is saying what he is told to say. And how does he know? Because that's what the word of God says. And so very important that the children recognize These are specific promises given by Jesus, which the angel now shares with the women.
0: What does the guard at the tomb do after Jesus was raised from the dead?
1: Well, they were like dead because they were so afraid. And it indicates that they went back to the Pharisees, the unbelieving Pharisees, to talk to them about what had happened. Now, you got to remember, and this isn't part of the lesson, but it's something the Sunday school teachers should read. Matthew 27, the verses before our text, that the chief priests had gathered before Pilate and said, this is really quite amazing to me. Sir, we remember what that imposter said while he was still alive. After three days, I will rise again. Therefore, they're telling Pilate, command the tomb to be made secure until the third day. Otherwise his disciples may go and steal him away and say he has been raised from the dead and the last deception will be worse than the first. So Pilate said to them, you had a guard of soldiers, go make it as secure as you can. So they went with the guard and made the tomb secure by sealing the stone. Now, what did they do when they sealed the stone? Well, it says in the Gospel of Peter, which is also not a book of the Bible, but it does seem to make sense that the soldiers, they took that stone, placed it against the door of the tomb, and after they had spread seven wax seals on it, they pitched a tent and they kept watch. Well, of course, what happened was that the soldiers were scared to death when the angel came and sat on the top of the stone, rolled the stone away. They went and told the chief priests everything that had happened. And then they devised a plan and gave a large sum of money to the soldiers, telling them to say this, and this is verse 13. You must say, his disciples came by night and stole him away while we were asleep. That's Matthew 28, verse 13. And why did they say that? Well, verse 14 explains. If it comes to the governor's ears, we will satisfy him and keep you out of trouble. So the soldiers took the money and did as they were directed. And it says in verse 15, And this story about the disciples stealing the body is still told among the Jews to this day. And and that's Matthew writing about what had happened.
0: Pastor Tom Baker is our guest. We are teaching a Sunday school lesson on Jesus' resurrection in Matthew 28. So how should we respond to people today who still believe that cover story of the chief priests that Jesus' body was stolen by the disciples
1: Christ, our Lord. now pay close attention little children it's somebody you ought to know yeah it's all about a man that walked on earth nearly two thousand years ago
0: abide with me crown him with many crowns hark the herald angels sing have you ever wondered why our beloved hymns were written the issues etc book of the month for February is Eternal Anthems, The Story Behind Your Favorite Hymns, Volume 2. Learn more at issuesetc.org or by calling Concordia Publishing House 1-800-325-3040. This new resource includes background on 50 hymns, Eternal Anthems, The Story Behind Your Favorite Hymns, Volume 2.
1: real reformation radio you're listening to issues etc
0: is your child struggling at school are you thinking about homeschooling would you like help knowing what to teach and how to teach it the simply classical curriculum from memoria press provides an enriching step-by-step classical christian education for students who have autism learning or behavioral difficulties adhd and more You'll find everything you need, including daily lesson plans to guide your way. Learn more at simplyclassical.com. Use LPR 23 to save on your order. Simplyclassical.com.
1: We often hear that all of Holy Scripture is written about Christ, but do you know where to find Him in books like 1 Kings? If you would like to deepen your knowledge of Christ in Holy Scripture, join the Concordia Bible Institute on February 18th at Pilgrim Lutheran Church in West Bend, Wisconsin, as the Reverend Drs. Brian Gurman and Harold Tomish of Concordia University, Wisconsin, present a seminar titled Christ in the Old Testament. To register, call our office at 262-334-0375 or visit concordiabible.org.
0: In large respect, the creation of My Faith Looks Up to Thee was accidental, deeply expressive of a personal faith. This most private composition was never intended by its author for any purpose other than the outpouring of his own thoughts and needs of the heart. Ray Palmer himself explained, there was not the slightest thought of writing for another eye, least of all of writing a hymn for Christian worship. A little background on the hymn My Faith Looks Up to Thee from Our Issues etc. book of the month for February. Eternal Anthems, The Story Behind Your Favorite Hymns, Volume 2. You'll find this book at our website, issuesetc.org, or call Concordia Publishing House, 1-800-325-3040, and order Eternal Anthems, The Story Behind Your Favorite Hymns, Volume 2. We're talking with Pastor Tom Baker. He's teaching a Sunday school lesson on Jesus' resurrection in Matthew 28. So, Tom, how do we respond to people today who still believe that cover story you mentioned before the break— from the chief priests that Jesus' body was taken away by his disciples?
1: Well, the chief priest, the Pharisees, the unbelievers, they believed the history of the Bible. They believed in six-day, 24-hour creation. They believed crossing of the Red Sea. They believed all the things that the Old Testament said. They believed the history of the Bible, but they did not believe the theology of the bible that a messiah would come who would take away their sins they thought the messiah would come to give an example of what they were to do with their good works to offset their sins to balance them out and they were living under the law thinking that by their good works they would be saved like that parable jesus said about the Pharisee who, thank God, he wasn't like the tax collector, but he was saved because he fasted and gave tithes. But the Sermon on the Mount showed that all people are sinners, not only by deed, but also by thought and by word. So how do we respond to people today? We do the same thing Jesus did on the road to Emmaus we quote the Bible because that's the difference between the unbeliever and the believer. The unbeliever believes there is a God, but then he makes that God, he makes them up in his own mind by his own will. In contrast to the believer who believes God and his word, as found in Holy Scripture. And remember, the disciples on the road to Emmaus, they could not understand how Jesus was crucified, and they had a hard time understanding the women who were telling them he's risen from the dead. But Jesus took them through the Bible from Genesis to Malachi and showed the many verses that gave the promise of his necessary death and his most necessary resurrection from the dead. And he had even told the disciples, yes, I'm going to die, be buried for three days, but then I will rise from the dead. It appears that none of the disciples believed him, including his own mother Mary and the women because they came to the tomb to anoint a dead body. But the Pharisees had recalled, and they knew that Jesus had said he would rise from the dead. Now, they didn't believe he would, so they thought the disciples would come to steal the body. So the way to help a person understand that what the Pharisees and the soldiers were saying was a lie is simply to have them read, not only Matthew, but Mark, Luke, and John, to see the wonderful promises, not only of the reason for his crucifixion, but also the necessity of his resurrection from the dead. Why is
0: it important that Jesus appear to the women and then later to the disciples after his resurrection?
1: Because this is, again, further evidence that he had risen from the dead. Remember, when they walked into the tomb, there was no body there. In fact, when the angel rolled away the stone from the tomb, and they always put a stone in front of a tomb that was made out of a rock area to keep out the wild animals away from the body. And so it was a very heavy stone, and the women would not have been able to roll it on their own. But the angel did so, but there was no body. So now Jesus appears to the women, and they are struck with such joy that they even worship him. And it is kind of sad. Jesus reprimands his disciples for not believing the women when they came and told them that Jesus had risen from the dead. They considered it an idle tale. And that's why Jesus also appeared to the two disciples on the road to Emmaus and then to the disciples in the upper room on the night of the resurrection. But remember, they really realized then that Jesus had risen but when they went to tell Thomas, he doubted it until the following Sunday when Jesus again appeared in the upper room. Thomas was there, and he was the first disciple in the Bible to say, my Lord and my God. He was so struck by the physical resurrection of Jesus from the dead so we read the scriptures teach the scriptures because it is through hearing the word of god that the holy spirit creates faith in a person so that they too now believe the unbelievable
0: what do the sunday school children need to know about the resurrection
1: well sunday school children are young enough that they're still under the discipline of their parents because they are born as sinners, they love to be independent and they love to be selfish. And so parents teach them that they do things wrong and sometimes they discipline them. So you can understand how a child will wonder, how am I going to heaven? because I'm such a bad child. And that's where the Sunday school teacher can really give the importance of Christ's crucifixion and resurrection. He died and rose again, which paid for our sins. He paid the price of being forsaken by the Father. So we will never be left alone as we believe in Jesus Christ as our Savior. And therefore, this gives the joy to the Sunday school children, recognizing that though they are sinners and are sorry for their sin, that God has completely forgiven them, as Jesus said from the cross, Father, forgive them, for they know not what they are doing. And that promise was fulfilled for all those who trust in the message of Jesus Christ.
0: Finally, what's the law and gospel of this lesson?
1: Well, the law is that many times we're afraid of not being able to go to heaven because we recognize we're gross sinners. We even confess that in the creed uh, and the liturgy, uh, particularly that point, that we have sinned by thought, word, and deed, and we deserve temporal and eternal punishment. But then we ask God to forgive us, and the pastor, on behalf of God, as though he is the voice of God, which he is, he therefore declares us forgiven. Our sins are taken away, and we are saints, And justified in the sight of God, even while we are here on earth. And that's the good news that the child can learn, especially when they realize hopefully they have been baptized because they have received the gift, not only of the forgiveness of sins, but the gift of the Holy Spirit.
0: Pastor Tom Baker is host of a radio show called Law & Gospel. For almost 30 years, he met monthly to prepare his Sunday school teachers for the classroom. You'll find a link to Law & Gospel on the Talk On Demand archives page at issuesetc.org. Tom, thanks. And thank you. Dr. Stephen Parks is with us on the other side of the break. It's our series Responding to Roman Catholic Proof Text. We'll take up the question of whether or not St. Augustine taught that the Roman Catholic Church had the authority to determine the canon of Scripture. Issues dot org slash twenty twenty three nominations. One of the most difficult decisions that a spouse has to make is the decision to put their beloved husband or wife into a long-term care facility as a result of mental illness. In the February issue of The Lutheran Witness, the Reverend Michael Casting tells the story of how he cared for his wife during her struggle with Alzheimer's and how he came to grips with this decision. To find out more, you can read his article in the February issue of The Lutheran Witness. Visit cph.org witness or witness.lsms.org to learn more. The Lutheran Witness, helping you interpret the world from a Lutheran perspective.
1: Your daily Lutheran Bible class. You're listening to Issues Etc. Greetings, fellow Lutherans. Ad Cruisum has an amazing number of new products on the website. Come and see our new Sunday School or Confirmation medallions featuring the six chief parts and Luther's seal. Browse our stunning incense burners and their engraved solid wood boxes. Purchase Kathy and Kitty's beautiful new jewelry for your beloved for Valentine's Day or order some personalized stickers for your church or school. Visit adcrucem.com. That's A-D-C-R-U-C-E-M dot com.
0: Greetings in Christ and thank you for listening to Issues Etc. If you ever find yourself visiting the Smoky Mountains in East Tennessee, please join us here at St. Paul Lutheran Church in Sevierville. We see it as a small part of our service to the church to provide sound liturgical worship opportunities for vacationing Lutherans to our area. For worship times and directions, please visit our website at splctn.com. That's splctn.com.